people in Maine. One, two, one, two, three, four. listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there a demo version of the Music Machines, The People in Me, from a brand new Music Machine compilation compiling all their stuff from 66-67 called The Music Machine, The Ultimate Turn-On. The Music Machine is also featured as a cover story in this year's or this summer's edition of Ugly Things Fanzine. And if you venture over to Vancouver Island, you might run into original Music Machine keyboardist Doug Rhodes, who lives on Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's sister island, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And you're coming from the island known as CITR FM 102. 
Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're coming because, well, you could come from here. You could join CITR and you could do a radio show like the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. 604-822-1242. If you'd like to become a member of CITR and do your own radio show and be able to interview people like Thor. Yes, coming up today on a Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Canada's metal god, Thor, who is playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with the darkest of the hillside thickets. To prepare you for Thor, some Thor-themed tunes. Thor actually covers the Music Machine's Talk Talk. We're going to play the Unlovables, who maybe don't sound a lot like Thor, but who are from New York City and who have played CBGBs just like Thor has on the CBGBs like 25 anniversary show. Thor was there jumping out of a cake because he was embraced by all the great people in the 1970s punk scene out of New York City. They loved Thor from Canada and his album Keep the Dogs Away. We're going to hear a whole bunch of Keep the Dogs Away and then we're going to meet the metal master himself, Thor! Playing tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thor from Eric Hamber High School. The Unlovables played CBGB's and we're going to be playing a track here called Leave Me Alone and this is from 2007 and it's on Whoa! Records, so it makes sense to do whoa records and play a whoa tune and then play some Thor because on whoa records you would only expect something like the unlovables. Whoa!
vibration, destroying vibrations everywhere into the noise. It's time to rise again into the noise. For you champions of sound into the noise. Can freeze, can move the realm of the muse. Trusting my reason, I switch on the fuse. Instinct of fear, cushions the blow. Freeing my mind, now I must go into the noise. It's time to rise again into the noise. For all you champions of sound. Yeah!
The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Stop the disturbance!
Still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardward, a human serviette radio show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Hello, Nardwar. This is Thor, the Metal Avenger, the Rock Warrior, at your service. Who are you, Thor? Who are you? I am many things. But one thing I can tell you, I'll give you a show that you'll never forget. And that's, I'm ready to do battle. And that's tomorrow. How the hell are you, Thor? How the hell are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely amazing. And uh, it's just wonderful to be on your show. And I, I really appreciate you having me on. Well, Thor, you always deliver 100%. We tell you to phone at 4, and you phone at 4. And you heard a couple songs that we played before we brought you, Thor, on. What did we just hear there? We heard an interesting Thor intro track, Thor. Hey, I, I thought that was uh, really outstanding. You played Evil Twin from the new album, Into the Noise. And also, my very good friends wrote a theme song called Here Comes Thor, the punk group from Portland, Oregon, who we will be playing a show with uh, on September 14th at Dante's in Portland. So I really, uh, that's fantastic you played that intro, because they always play it in, when I'm in Portland before I go on. They're called the punk group, and they really are the punk group. They are called the punk group. Where did you meet them? How did you find out about the punk group? How did they find out about Thor? Well, they're uh, very good friends uh, uh, with uh, the band Devo, and my my, uh, uh, webmaster and head of the Thor fan club, Thunder Geek. (laughs) Yes, Thunder Geek. Yes. And this is pretty pretty amazing, isn't it, Thor? Please explain. Your webmaster also has these tentacles that reach out to all these different types of bands. Yes, that's, that's the very exciting uh, part about it. I get to meet uh, bands uh, through, uh, uh, you know, Thunder Geek, uh, you, you know, and, and uh, it, Michael Pilmer is his real name, and He's Devo. All throughout the world. It's, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. He's Devo's webmaster. He's approached the band Zolar X, I think, who you have toured with. I think he's approached Blowfly as well. Yes, absolutely. He's got connections with everybody around the world. The Thunder Geek. And so through Thunder Geek, you met the punk group? 
Yes, uh, Brian Applegate and the in the punk group. In fact, uh, they also. I went to Brian's uh, house in Portland, and he's got a tremendous shrine and museum, as does Michael Pilmer in Raleigh, North Carolina, to Devo. They're tremendous Devo fans, and I find a lot of Devo fans have become Thor fans. And uh, recently, uh, uh, Michael uh, Pilmer and Brian Applegate uh, went through Europe with Devo just this past summer, touring with them. Have you actually played with Devo at all, Thor? No, I didn't, but I went to Portland, and I was a special guest to watch uh, Devo's outdoor concert, and I went to Mark Mothersbaugh's uh, uh, show. He had a beautiful art show and had a, a great time as his special guest, and uh, it was a wonderful afternoon in Portland. He had a show here in Vancouver at the Gem Gallery, to just east of Main Gallery. And actually, a few years ago, you were on an Artware to Human Serviette radio show, as well as Mark Mothersbaugh. So it was like Thor and Mark Mothersbaugh. It was like Thunder Geek Alert. It was quite a reunion there. So we played their particular track, Here Comes Thor. And what sort of name-dropping is going on in that particular track there, Thor? Well, they, they uh, took uh, an array of titles from uh, my hits, of years gone by, uh, there was, there's Let the Blood Run Red, Thunder in the Tundra. Those both went number one in, in uh, Europe uh, on the singles charts. So, uh, yeah, they sort of mixed those up and, and uh, put their own touch to it. And before that, we heard brand new Thor, Evil Twin. Evil Twin, yes, from the new album, Into the Noise on Sudden Death Records. And that will be released tomorrow, right, at the Media Club with Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. That's the big show. Yes, it's going to be a big show tomorrow, September 1st, at the Media Club. And what we're going to do is have a CD release party. Uh, and then it's, uh, what's happening is that the uh, album is going to be put online, uh, like on iTunes and eMusic. And then it's going to be uh, released October 21st uh, uh, through Sudden Death Records. And you'll have the hard copy edition. Tomorrow night, Thor, Darkest in the Hillside Thickets at the Media Club, and that's 695 Camby Street, doors at 8 p.m. So we heard the Thor tribute by the punk group. Then we heard Evil Twin. But before that, which you didn't hear, we played Sleeping Giant. What can you tell the people, Thor, about Sleeping Giant from the number one hit album, or was it a number one hit album, Thor, Keep the Dogs Away? How many countries was this released in? And what can you tell us about Sleeping Giant? Well, it was number one in uh, Alaska uh, years ago. Uh, you know, we, uh, Keep the Dogs Away uh, was a very strange album for me. It came out, and people didn't know what to make out of it because it came out in 1977. You know, was this punk? Was this metal? Was this pop? And we had our own sound, right? It was called Gladiator Rock. And, uh, and I remember uh, John Holstrom, who had uh, the, uh, the magazine, uh, Punk Magazine, uh, he was enthralled with, with uh, uh, Keep the Dogs Away and would put Sleeping Giant on the charts against the Ramones. He had his own charts, right? You know, so we were up there with the Ramones uh, on numerous issues. And all these years later, he invited you back. I mentioned this at the top of the show. Thor played, was it the 25th anniversary of Punk Magazine or the 25th anniversary of CBGBs? What was the occasion where you popped out of a cake? Thor out of a cake! It was John Holstrom's birthday as well. So I, uh, these wrestlers had a big cake and I popped out of it and, uh, and actually slipped all over the stage from the oil from the cake. But it made for a great show. I was flying all over the place. But there were some great groups there, the Dictators, with Ross Abbas, who also played with Manowar. There was Niagara, 
you know, it was a great evening in New York City at CBGB's. What was, was the connection? Was that the 25th anniversary of something? There was some 20th anniversary, 25th. What was the connection of there? Punk, of Punk Magazine. It was of Punk Magazine. Yeah. How many times did you play CBGB's in the 70s? Did you play it when the punk bands were playing there? Was that the first time you had played CBGB's, Thor? I, I play, it was the first time, I actually, even though I lived in New York City, I played Max's Kansas City and many other legendary uh, places uh, like Gildersleeves. Uh, it was the first time that I played uh, CBGB's. And before Sleeping Giant, we heard Into the Noise. That is amazing, Thor. Brand new Thor. Who's on that track, Into the Noise? What can you say about Into the Noise? Well, Into the Noise is, you know, everybody gets knocked down every once in a while, right? But a true champion can pick himself up and make a comeback and face the noise again. So... Uh, and we should take this opportunity to say congratulations, Thor. 1977, 2007. It's like 30 years in the game, right? 30 years in the game, recorded game. Or did you have any records that came out in 1976? It's like, this is 30 years, isn't it? Well, I had a few albums before that, but they were uh, not on big labels. They were very independent. You know, there was Striking Viking and various others, but I, we just sort of put out low runs and we're trying to get a record deal. And finally, signed with RCA Records in 1976 and release Keep the Dogs Away in, uh, in, seven, in 77. So yes, this is a 30-year anniversary of being in this wild and crazy game, and there's been a lot of ups and downs, a roller coaster ride, some really wonderful times and some uh, very strange times. But here I am, standing here, ready to face the noise. I'm going into the noise. Into the noise! But one thing, Thor, you always deliver the haze. How many years have you been giving people the haze? Like, every album has a couple... Like, I noticed Into the Noise, hey, 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 anger, hey, hey, hey. That is a Thor staple, isn't it? Every song's got to have the hey. Well, every time I, I would uh, go play in, in the U.S. or around the world, they say, oh, you're Canadian, eh? So I always had to incorporate some A's or haze into, into my songs. But... The, the whole thing is that I always would like to get the crowd going. And uh, like Call of the Triumphant, <laughs> it has the hay, haze in there. And, and uh, I want people to do some fist pumping and some yelling. And right away, I'm very much into audience participation. I want people to sing along with the choruses and, uh, and, and, and yell out as loud as they can. Like now, who's, at, at an arena. who's playing on these particular recordings, Thor? Sounds really metal. Who's playing on these? You have some real metal guys, don't you? Yes, uh, Mike Kishnick up in Kelowna is playing guitar on, uh, uh, on, on the song uh, Into the Noise. Where did you meet him? I met Mike Kishnick uh, years ago at Scrape Records. Uh, he said he had some songs for me to listen to, some demos. And one was uh, Call of the Triumphant. And I said, okay, let me, you know, came down and J.J. was there. And, and uh, he said, you know, have a listen to these songs. I said, wow, these sound great. And so I actually based the whole album around that song that he presented to me, and the album was called Triumphant, which came out on Scratch Records. Into and, the Noise. And now we have Into the Noise. Mike's playing on there, Evil Twin. My old friend Steve Price and uh, Mike Favada are playing on... Uh, on they, they recorded part of it in Florida. We recorded part of it in Vancouver, Evil Twin. And everybody has an evil twin. When you look in the mirror, sometimes you see your evil twin. And before that, Thor, we heard Keep the Dogs Away. Yes, Keep the Dogs Away. That's 
what started it all. Now, what version of Keep the Dogs Away are you playing these days, Thor? And we're speaking here to Thor, live in the Nardwari Human Survey Radio Show, who's playing tomorrow night at the Media Club CD unveiling with Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. What's your version of dogs you're going to play? Because over the years, Thor, you've done different versions of dogs. What can you say about the different versions of dogs you've done? Like Dogs 1, Dogs 2, Dogs 3, Dogs 4. What are the different versions of dogs? Well, uh, you know, I've sung all these songs about dogs, and I don't even own a pet. You know, that's uh, a strange thing. Uh, and you claim that you were ripped off by the guy who wrote Keep the Dogs Away, right? Uh, no, there was, that's, uh, let's keep the dogs out, or whatever that song was. Yeah, it's very similar. But, uh, no, Keep the Dogs Away, I've, there's, I've had different versions over the year. There's, uh, on iTunes, there's a live version. And, of course, I, uh, my comeback album in uh, 19... Uh, uh, 99, or I guess the year 2000, uh, was called Dogs 2. And so there was more of a Nine Inch Nails version of Dogs. A real new metal version. You're not afraid to yes. tackle any genre, are you, Thor? Whether it be new metal, 60s rock, punk, you'll take it all, won't you, Thor? Yes, or psychedelic uh, metal like I did in Beast Woman from the Center of the Earth. The whole thing is, I feel that I'm an artist, and I should be able to experiment in different kinds of music, or different kinds of metal, or or whatever it uh, be, right? And in, in the new album, Into the Noise, there's even an acoustic number from an upcoming movie coming out, which I have the title track called Forever and After. And before Dogs, we played a band called The Unlovables, who played CBGBs, The Connection to Thor. And to begin the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, I played a demo by the music machine of The People in Me. And do you not cover the music machine too, Thor? I have covered uh, the music machine, Talk Talk. Great song. I did that on the Equinox album. Thor, tomorrow night at the Media Club, you're going to be playing. Who's in the band tomorrow night at the Media Club? Uh, Mike Kishnick will be in the band. Uh, and uh, also, uh, his name is Ogron. Steve Bifford will be there. And, uh, and, and uh, I want to say that um, on drums... Uh, ben Frith was supposed to be playing drums, but he has a very important date in Seattle, so we'll have Eric the Red there on drums. Also, uh, from Florida, Steve Price is trying to fly in from Florida. He's having a little bit of a difficulty, but uh, him and Mike Favada, the original guys from the, from the 80s, were going to fly in from Florida to make this appearance. Also, uh, I'll have some special guests uh, like uh, Jet Star Systems, who plays with Zolar X is going to make a guest appearance as well. And of course, the president of Sudden Death Records will be there, Joe Shithead Keithley himself. Thor, you mentioned that Ben, drummer Ben Frith, has an important appointment in Seattle. Does that mean he's going to see a band in Seattle? Who's he going to go see at Bumper Shoot? That's what I'm guessing, right? Exactly. He's going to Bumper Shoot. What particular band is he looking forward to see? (laughs) I tell you the truth, he likes uh, uh, all sorts of music, so I... I don't know exactly what band he's, he's looking to see, uh, and I don't know who's all, all on the roster, but, uh, so I couldn't answer that, but I, he just enjoys music and will be enjoying himself there. But he'll be back. Uh, we got some more shows coming up, and he'll be back. He'll be playing Portland. Thor, what can you tell us about the 2005 and 2006 tours that you dig, did? How big were those tours? How many dates were all those tours? 2005 was a 50-city tour that we uh, promoted uh, the album Thor Against the World and also the DVD Anthology. So, uh, but it, it uh, was 50 cities uh, 
you know, too much for me maybe uh, at the end of the 50 cities because we were going one day after another, no rest at all, and crazy things. Like we'd be in Toronto, and the next day we got to be in Texas, and we were zigzagging. Whoever booked this must have been a madman of an agent because we were zigzagging all over the world, it seemed, you know, but it was all over North America. But at the end, I got uh, pneumonia, unfortunately. So, uh, but I was able to come back, record another album, Devastation of Musculation, and head out again for 43 cities for 2006. What sort of vehicle are you traveling in when you tour to Thor? Well, uh, we rented a van for the 2005 tour and uh, also traveled by plane, you know, just to get to these other parts. You know, you know one crew would drive down to Texas and we'd fly up to, let's say, Toronto from New York and, and rent a vehicle there. The last, uh, we had an actual pretty good uh, tour bus. Uh, it was actually one of those uh, kind of buses that uh, use, you know, uh, uh, you know, when you do a shuttle, like a shuttle bus. We converted that into a real nice tour bus for the 2006 tour, but we had our problems with it. You know, the air conditioning, you know, went out on it, and you're going through Texas, which was very, very hot. You're, you know, when we played Austin and Houston, so uh, there's always some kind of problem. No matter how how you try to make everything perfect on the road, there's always something going on. Ninety-three dates over two years. Yes, and uh, recently coming back again to push, push into the noise. So we'll keep pumping up those dates. On all these particular gigs you were doing, did you have any more contact with Manowar? Because it seems to be there's quite a division between Manowar th- fans and Thor fans. Yeah, actually, you know, we're supposed to be Warriors Unite. I mean, that's what uh, Rasa Boss wrote on my... Uh, one of my records years ago, you know, Warriors Unite, we were supposed to be uh, united, but sometimes there is a division, I guess, you know. I know uh, Manowar spends most of their time in Europe, uh, traveling, you know, through Germany, and they're very popular in the European uh, market, you know, where we're, we're really hitting the North American market. But uh, we have, a, you know, as much as people think we're the same, we're actually very different in our shows. I think I put on more of the gladiator spectacle and, uh, you know, they, they come out and they sing a lot about gladiators, but don't do the whole shtick as much as I do. And, uh, hey, I was the first. I came out there uh, back in the 70s when they were just young pups. You are Thor, the metal god, live on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show. Thor playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. During this, like, 93-day, two-year tour, you picked up some guitarists along the way, didn't you? Did some guitarists join the Thor ensemble and start rocking? Oh, yes. I, you know, I, I'm always one to give everybody a, a shot, at, at right? And uh, uh, what I did was, uh, uh, in Nashville, there was, uh, in, in 2005, there was a guitarist uh, named Jeff Decker, and about 11 miles I'm sorry, 11 hours uh, from, uh, where was it, Omaha, Nebraska, to, to, uh, to see a show in Memphis. And uh, I, I said, well, come on up, come on. He says, I can play, knock him down. So I said, oh, come on up and play it with us, you know. And he played it so well that I said, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind having you come on tour sometime. And that's what I did. I let him come on part of the uh, tour last year. And I thought he did a great job. And now he has his own band named after one of our songs called Lords of Steel. It seems like some of those gigs, like in Omaha, 
were really wild, judging by the photos on your website. Just incredible. The crowds look so into it. Uh, Thor's show is always a wild show, and, and that's one thing I always said. said I want audience participation. I want people to let it all hang out. I mean, it's, it's like you know, going to a football game. Uh, or, or uh, you know, a, a, a hockey game. You don't want you to go there and have a great time and just let out your inhibitions and, and go wild. Thor, what about the Northwest Metal Fest? Did you just play the Northwest Metal Fest? Yes, that was uh, an incredible show put on by Broken Monkey uh, Productions and uh, Soundwave Entertainment. And it was just a really amazing uh, time. They brought out this huge stage and, and lights uh, and sound system in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I mean, we traveled miles and miles down a log- logging road to get there. But once you got there and uh, you saw the mountains, the trees, you know, you know uh, even the bears and the cougars are rocking out to the, to the metal. Like all these great metal bands in the middle of nowhere with all these lights and smoke and flames shooting up all over the place. It was a, an, an amazing uh, spectacle. Thor, who is Frank Meyer? Who is Frank Meyer, and where is Frank Meyer? Frank Meyer is in uh, Los Angeles, California, and uh, he uh, was the leader of the Streetwalking Cheetahs, and they did uh, a really great job. He's also a, uh, a great writer. Uh, he worked with KNAC. Right now he's with G. Uh, for TV as a producer, and he's produced his own uh, show right now for MTV, which is a, seri- uh, a series that he's done, a comedy series. He's uh, just a great friend uh, and a really talented person. He's got his own band right now, which we're going to be doing a show with on the Into the Noise tour in Los Angeles. They're called Genghis Khan, which is sort of a ACDC type heavy metal group with their own twist. And we'll be doing some shows with them down in L.A. And Frank was kind of the one that helped rediscover you, wasn't he, Thor? Like He was the one, you were down kind of hiding away in your cave, and in Thor, you were called upon by Frank Meyer to be a feature in Pop Smear magazine, right? Yes, and well, there was a period where I just wanted to basically be a record company executive. I was uh, running Star USA Records out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and hiring or signing up other bands and putting them on out on tour, uh, but then uh, you know Frank Meyer got me to uh, put out the uh, anthology uh, CD that came out back in 1996, uh, and then of course later on you were the catalyst that got me to go the rest of the way and do these live shows. I learned of you through Pop Smear Magazine and Frank Meyer. He really helped kickstart the whole Thor revolution, which will be continuing on tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. Have you played with Darkest of the Hillside Thickets before at all, Thor? No, I haven't played with them. Also, Although we have had our experiences where we crossed like ships in the night in uh, Regina where they were going to be playing the state, a club called the state, uh, the next day. And then they were heading off to Vancouver and then the other uh, experience I had was in the movie uh, produced by Ed Brisson. It was, it was called Graveyard. And in that movie, Torin uh, was in the movie, starring in the movie uh, from Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. 
Uh, Joe Keithley was in the movie and myself. Thor, I love your masks. What sort of masks are you going to have tomorrow night, and which ones have you had the past couple of years? Are you wearing the masks still? Yes, very much. I'm very much into masks. That's all part of the concept of evil twin. Uh, you ever seen the movie 300? Well, it's very much, you know, masks like, like that. And, uh, you know, that kind of feel taken on stage. Uh, I'll have new battle axes, new swords. And uh, th as far as the masks goes, I collect masks all over the world. In all my travels, I've always come across a strange and wild mask. Do a lot of fans take souvenirs after gigs? Yes, so I've had that. Uh, yeah, we had a show not long ago in San Francisco, and uh, I looked out into the audience, and everybody's going wild, and suddenly I see people with the same kind of masks I have. And I said, well, I wonder where those fans got the masks from, and they're rocking out. Wait a minute, those are my masks. So, I, you know, the people were taking my masks and my capes and 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 becoming Thors in the audience, so I had to retrieve them. And there's times where I've had pillars taken off the stage by wild people in England and other props, and, uh, but they get expensive. Somebody took some pillars off the stage? Giant yeah. pillars? Yeah, a whole group of people took these. We had a, a whole stage set up because we were doing shows back in the 80s uh, with you know, bands like Wasp, who had the big buzzsaw on stage and Twisted Sister, uh, Motorhead, you know, so we had to have this huge stage set. So we had uh, giant pillars and lions with lasers coming out of their eyes, and people were actually trying to take those. Thor, why would people take anything from you? Wouldn't they be afraid of you? When I first saw you, Thor, I was afraid. I mean, the feats of strength that you display on stage are incredible. You do display some feats of strength on stage. Does that not cause fear in people's eyes? Yes, but you can be uh, uh, afraid of these huge football players, yet you still try to take down the goalposts, you know, for, or, or rip out the seat for a souvenir. I, you know, the whole thing is that, uh, you know, but people want part of you, you know, or part of the, uh, of the show to remember. Like, I always hand out the bent steel bar because, uh, you know, something to remember by. And that's same with the merch or the T-shirts, you know. People want those kind of things so they can remember the show. Now, let's go into that for a second, Thor, playing tomorrow night at the Media Club. You bend iron bars between your teeth. Yes, I do. And it's something that, uh, by now... Uh, I thought, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do some new things, which I do. But it's something that's always called for. And if I don't do it, people are disappointed. So I end up having to do uh, the, the iron bar or the steel bar. So for 30 years, you've put iron steel bars in between your teeth and bent the bar. How are your teeth after 30 years of that? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, well, I'm surprised. You know, but my, it's the gums, right? It actually... Uh, the gums are strong, so the teeth uh, stay in there. You know, because the, uh, that, that's the whole thing. You've got you to gotta keep your gums healthy. How about, though, regarding security measures and stuff, carrying these bars on airplanes like this 9-11 era that we live in, how do you carry all these bars on the airplane? Well, I have to get it, uh, to, you know, through customs. And they have to go in a different compartment, and they get wrapped up and look, looked at. You know, things are getting tougher and tougher all the time. Have you ever demonstrated to a security guard that you could actually do that, or a border official that you could actually bend? Did you have to show them why you had them? 
Uh, yes, I, but I don't want to, you know, bend the steel bar in front of them. I've told them what I use them for, and then they sometimes give me a tough time. I mean, I've had the tough, you know, one time I went through the through the border, and uh, this huge giant guard opened the trunk, and he saw all my shields and hammers, and he says, "What you got all this Roman stuff in here for?" You know, and and I had to proceed to tell them, uh, you know, what I use them for, and they, many times they don't believe you. You've never had to demonstrate it for them. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've had some pretty strange things. I've had to uh, go through the uh, airport in London where, you know, they thought I had uh, drugs on me and uh, made me take my pants down and things like that. You know, I've had pretty much everything happen to me. And uh, but, When your uh, pants were down, what did they do, Thor? And what were you looking like at that time? Could you describe what you looked like in the mid-'80s? Well, I guess, you know, back, back then I would, you know, you can't do this now, but, but I would wear my leather uh, you know, belt, you know, bullet belt, uh, you know, wristbands of steel, you know, high boots, you know, I had long blonde hair back then. So I guess I was a target and I would have a lot of trouble uh, many times because I've had things happen where coming uh, from Europe into Chicago, they sawed my hammer in two thinking there was uh, paraphernalia or whatever was in this in the hammer. Uh, they, they saw the hammer in two. And, and uh, other times, hey, this goes way back when I represented Canada in, in bodybuilding. I'd come back, and they'd uh, take all my trophies apart. You know, it's something I'm used to. It's something the borders has always been a tough time. And what do you look like now, Thor? I guess people can find out tomorrow night at the media club. But what do you look like now, Thor? Well, how do I describe myself? When I look in the mirror at my evil twin, you know, uh, I, I, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I've been training, training hard. I'm ready to come on full on like a gladiator, like the movie 300, you know, just get out there with my battle axes, sing my songs. I got my full armor, skull belts. I'm ready to go. How about the hair? For a little while there, you were sporting some longer hair. This is like an early 21st century. Well, you know, look at the rock stars of today, right? I mean, you can have a shaved head, you can have a mohawk, you can have short, spiky hair. I don't think, you know, your uh, expression of your hair uh, is, you know, it, it can be your own thing. It, in the 70s, it wasn't cool, you know, to uh, rock on without long, if you were a rock star, you had a long, long hair, right? Your long, blonde hair, uh, unless you were Lou Reed. But, uh, but things changed over the years, and everybody can have, whatever kind of hair they want. But so, you know, nowadays I'll make my hair black, I'll make it blonde or whatever, you know. To whatever what extent my... are you willing to go to satisfy the fans' demands to have long hair on Thor? You've gone pretty far, haven't you? Well, in the, in, in the movie FUBAR, when I did the uh, video FUBAR as a super rocker, I put on hair extensions. That's what I was looking for, hair extensions. You will go that far, Thor, won't yeah. you? But in the 80s, I did grow my hair very, very long all the way down my back and uh, a lot of people thought I was David Lee Roth when I would uh, walk through New York that's why I lived in New York at the time and uh, and but but you know it's it's tough to keep this way I can wash my hair you know dry it up fast and I'm ready to for the stage. ThorCentral.com has a lot of great photos of you as well and a great discography this is run by the Thunder Geek ThorCentral.com you'd recommend people going there right Thor? Yes, ThorCentral.com, or, uh, you know, uh, also uh, p uh, please go to uh, 
uh, myspace.com uh, forward slash Thor Rock Warrior, and also on YouTube, right? YouTube, we got all sorts of videos now, and, you, you know, things have changed over the years since the 80s that way too, where at one time, uh, you know, the only way you could get your video out there was through uh, uh, MTV or Much Music. Now, you know, YouTube, you know, is a place to go. Thor, the feats of strength that you do while you're on stage, you bend the iron bars, you also blow up the hot water bottle. I don't do that anymore. Thor, you used to blow up the hot water bottle. I, I used to blow up, uh, I, that, you know, it, steel bars are one thing, but blowing up hot water bottles again are another, and, and that took uh, its toll many times. Because uh, they're so unpredictable, you never know when they're going to explode or what damage they can do because it's, it's heavy rubber. Uh, I've blown up lifetime guaranteed hot water bottles, and they've gotten so big they've covered the whole dance floor before exploding. And I've been knocked unconscious by them and uh, had blood vessels broken in my eyes. So, so there comes a time where you think, like, hey, why? You know, I'm destroying brain cells. I don't want to destroy them the rest of the way. Blowing up hot water bottles, bending iron bars between your teeth, having people with lanterns, the cave beast Thor. These are all feats of strength. Interesting stuff about a Thor show. The guy with the lantern, the cave beast. Yes, uh, I used to have a monster on stage and, and uh, battle a creature, uh, sometimes smash bricks. You never know what's going to happen, right? But it comes down to it. I think that whether we uh, went on stage with jeans and a T-shirt, as I always say, uh, I got a great band right now with Mike Kishnick, uh, and uh, and uh, you know they, they're going to be uh, rocking there. It's uh, Steve Brisson, uh, uh, Bifford, sorry, Steve Bifford, Mike Kishnick, and Eric the Red there, and this those other guys come in. Uh, Steve Price, I mean, we're really going to be rocking, but but we will have a great band and some special guests, and we're going to make it a special night. And I'm really excited about the new album, Into the Noise. I think we're going to, you know. Uh, really have a great time with it, and we got some uh, great upcoming shows uh, uh, with you know, with the current Into the Noise tour. Uh, there's going to be Chicago, Milwaukee, and uh, Florida, Los Angeles. So it's going to be it's going to be done in a different way. I'm not going to do one show after another. We have to do 50 shows in a row. It's gonna, going to be in say about you know four shows a month. But the great thing about your shows, Thor, is it isn't all music. It's the sledgehammers. The sledgehammers. How have you integrated sledgehammers into the shows and bricks? Sledgehammers and bricks. And snake fighting. Snake fighting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, I've, over the years, I've uh, tried all sorts of different props, you know, or different strength feats. You know, that's, that's the one thing I use, use uh, real... Uh, strength feats as opposed to sometimes uh, with other artists, you know, they'll have a, like, when Alice Cooper hung himself, he didn't really hang himself, right? But when I bend a steel bar, I bend a real steel bar, and when I smash a brick, it's a real brick. And you don't just smash the brick on the ground, you smash it on your chest, or you get somebody to get it smashed into your chest. Yeah, with a sledgehammer, yes. And uh, I've tried different things. I've tried lifting the heaviest person in the audience, uh, which I've done before, uh, How do you find the heaviest person in the audience? What is that? How do you find the heaviest person in the well, audience? I'll say, hey, does anybody uh, weigh 400 pounds out there who wants to come up and be a volunteer? One time I had a 400-pound uh, woman come up on the stage, and uh, I put a harness on around my 
my neck and head, and uh, there was a chain, and, a, and it hooked on to a harness that they wore, and we had a big platform, and I proceeded to try to lift them up with my neck. And the whole platform broke, and we all tumbled into the audience. So I knew that one wasn't a good one to do. Uh, so I tried bending and ripping a license plate in two and got quite bloodied up because it cuts you, right? So uh, I didn't do that one. Have but, you... in, but in uh, Austin, Texas, somebody threw up a telephone book, and I promptly ripped that in two. You've also lifted people with one hand by their neck, haven't you? Just like, lifted them up by their neck. <laughs> How do you know all these things? These, what research? But it's true, yes, I've done all these things. How did you lift somebody up by their neck? You just grabbed them? Yeah, I, gra I just grabbed them. They would hold on to my arms, and they went right up, straight up. What about the Dobermans, Thor? Will there be Dobermans tomorrow night at the media club? That was 1977 when Keep the Dogs Away uh, came out, and uh, the dogs we used at the time were, were uh, dogs from a Doberman farm, and they brought them out and trained them and they were trained to attack forward. Uh, the guy would wear a mask, you know, when we took the pictures. So they would, uh, you know, when we shot the video as well, uh, the, the Dobermans, uh, you know, would, would attack, and they would make them attack, and sometimes they would uh, they'd turn around and try to attack me. So it was a very difficult photo session and video session. Didn't you have them on stage, though, like dogs on stage? Yes, I've had horses on stage when I had the chariots, and dogs. And this isn't just some old chariot. Wasn't it like Charlton Heston's chariot from Ben-Hur? That's right. From, uh, from the, uh, we were able to obtain at one time for our tour Charlton Heston's uh, chariot when he played Ben-Hur. And uh, there was a guy who purchased the chariot from the studio, and he had it in Staten Island. And that's where the, the tour actually started in New York. And so we, we worked it out with him that we could rent it. And... Uh, went on and did this uh, uh, tour, and that was with Mike Appel. If you remember, Mike Appel was my manager at the time, uh, and he was Bruce Springsteen's manager and also co-produced Born to Run. Did you ever do any backup vocals on Born to Run or anything like that? No. Uh, he had that before I came into the picture. But he had a, quite a battle with CBS Records. I don't know if you remember that he held up Bruce Springsteen's career for two years. Uh, How long did he hold up your career? He held my career up for <laughs> for a year. Boom. Uh, exactly. Well, he was he was uh, doing all this stuff and. But he did get you Charlton Heston's Ben Hur chariot, though. That's pretty good. He did. He did. But he was a pretty wild guy. He was into the spirit world, right? So, uh, I'd write all these songs, and uh, then he said, uh, "Last night, Seth told me to change uh, the lyrics." And I said, "We already changed the lyrics like five times." He said, "Well." You need to change him again because Seth said that. So it was a little bit weird when Seth was guiding him. You see, he was my manager, but Seth was his manager. What was your biggest show? Could you set the stage for your biggest show aside from tomorrow night at the Media Club there, Thor? And we're speaking here to Thor, the metal god, who's playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with the darkest of the hillside thickets. Could you set the stage for your biggest show or one of your bigger shows? You're mentioning the chariot. How did that all work? Like the horses, the chariot, the Dobermans, bending iron, the water bottle, the cave beast. I mean, how much was going on there? Oh, we also had giants on stilts and, uh, and um, you know, small people or midgets, as they were called. Uh, 
uh, I remember one of the midgets saying to me that his name should be up instead of Thor up behind the drums because he comes on stage more often than I did. We had quite a circus, quite a, a show, and I don't know, but, you know, in prestige, I would say one of my biggest shows was when I came to the uh, marquee in England in 1984 because they didn't know what to expect. We, were, we had some press in Kerrang! magazine, and uh, they released the album Unchained, and uh, the record company Albion actually didn't want us to come over. They wanted another, another band uh, to come over. Uh, I think they were called Striper or something. But uh, or, uh, there was another one called Alien, right? And uh, we ended up being the band that the American label uh, sent over to, uh, to uh, England and actually blew people away. On that night in, uh, at the marquee, people were blown away and all the press wrote about us and, and we had an uh, incredible run in England at the time. Could you describe the stage show? Like, what would happen? You would ride in on a chariot? Like, from the beginning here, Thor, what would happen? Well, we couldn't take all that over to England, but going back to the uh, chariot shows, yes, I would arrive uh, uh, with the chariot. Uh, the chariot would be pulled by a giant creature. Uh, it would be, a, you know, like the Gorgon, like how the Gwar uh, you know, uh, has the Gorgon or whatever. It was a creature in a, in a suit, and he would pull the chariot on stage, uh, uh, at some of the shows, we didn't have the horses. But then, when we had the horses, the horses would would come on, and then he'd take them off, right? But anyhow, we were on stage, and uh, and we do these uh, the mics there, and I sing from my chariot, the song "Ride of the Chariots" that would open the show. And we had quite a, uh, I'd say, one of the first laser shows that anyone ever did back in those days. And what else would happen? Then the bending of the iron bar. Yeah. <laughs> no, that came later. I, in, in the meantime, there was when, when we did this whole thing with the, the chariot and all the uh, giants and midgets, it was more of a theatrical production. Like the, it was uh, where there was the search for the goddess and then the search for the scepter. We were trying to make it into a whole concept show. And there was a lot of costume changes and uh, pyros, uh, lasers, as I said before. And uh, it just you know went on. And then, and then uh, near the end, I'd do some... St- steel bending, but it was all put into the context of, of the, uh, the show. You also looked very impressive up on stage. You like had a gold-plated breastplate, and you had the rhino boots. Rhino boots? Yes, rhino. I mean, I've had those boots for, for uh, about, I guess, 30 years, the same boots. And rhino looked at him. He couldn't believe it. I, mean, I went into rhino and get the heel fixed. And uh, sometimes I, I don't wear those boots... Uh, uh, right now in these particular shows, but every once in a while, I, I, I still have those boots, and I'll, I'll hand them over to Frank Soda. He'll put them on if he's doing uh, the show or, or some of the, the other uh, people who want to wear the boots. It's hard to wear your boots, though, Thor, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't mind sharing my costumes. I'll give wristbands or a shoulder piece to some of the musicians if they want to you know, add any flair to their costume. You like the old-fashioned gyms, too, don't you, Thor? Like, no pills for you. Only old-fashioned gyms, right? I go to uh, the Douglas Park uh, gym to work out. or uh, You know, I, I just like these quiet sort of gyms that are in, in, in parks, you know, like Trout Lake, you know, 
these, these kind of quiet places where nobody really disturbs you. You just go in there, do your workout, and you're out of there. Thorpe, winding up here, I'd like to ask you about your movie discography, going back. Could you talk a little bit about, please, Recruits from 1986? Recruits was a, a fun movie. We, we shot that movie in uh, the Ontario area, and it's, it's also co-starred Lolita Davidovich, who went on to do Blaze with Paul Newman, Jungle the Jungle, and numerous other movies. And it was uh, a movie that did very well in Europe. It got picked up in Europe and won a silver award for video, which is uh, for over 5,000 sales of videos in England, which was no mean feat at the time. How did you get into the movies? I, uh, uh, there was a guy called Bob Conley uh, who said, hey, I, they're auditioning for the, this uh, uh, movie, and they need a guy called Barbarian. And so uh, and it's a Roger Corman movie, right? So I went over there. And, uh, you know, Roger Corman and Maurice Smith, uh, the Canadian producer, uh, heard about me, right? And, they, and uh, another guy called Mike Dolgy from Canadian Film uh, said that I would be great to be in this movie. So they, you know, and I was uh, doing very well in England at the time, and our tours were going really well. So they just thought it would be a great thing to have me in the movie and also write a song, Ride Hard, Live Free. Uh, and we also did a soundtrack for the movie as well. And that led to Rock and Roll Nightmare, a.k.a. Edge of Hell. Rock and Roll Nightmare, is that the movie where people see your naked butt, Thor? Absolutely, and I was freezing my butt off, too. At the time, we, uh, we were uh, filming again in Ontario, because we did a lot of the movies in Ontario. There was a lot of different tax credits there. And uh, if you filmed there, right, so... Uh, we were filming, at that time I was like 30 below, and we were uh, in a farm, and uh, I was in this barn, and, and, and filming a lot of scenes there, where I have the battle with the creature. And you have to get naked. Well, that was my costume, that was the costume of the, or the uniform of the Archangel. Rock and Roll Nightmare, and in Zombie Nightmare as well, with Adam Batman West and Tia Carrera. Yes, yes. Those two movies are outright classics that have been resuscitated in many different late-night sort of shows and stuff. Like, you've done some midnight screenings of those movies, haven't you? Like, Rock and Roll Nightmare and Zombie Nightmare are classics in their own right. I've traveled around uh, North America and have done uh, shows at prestigious, prestigious uh, theaters, like the Boston's Coolidge uh, Theater, uh, where we've shown... Uh, zombie Nightmare, Rock and Roll Nightmare, and then I would talk about them. Also, the movie Intercessor, which was the part two of Rock and Roll Nightmare. Uh, and then uh, just last year, I did a, a special show for Rue Morgue magazine at a, a very big theater in Toronto uh, where they, they showed uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare for Halloween and then had, had a, a whole uh, you know, uh, question uh, and answer period. For Rock and Roll Nightmare and Zombie Nightmare, is there anything that the audience does a la Rocky Horror Picture Show? Do they say certain things at oh, certain yeah. points? Very much so, yes. It's, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, like, see you again, old scratch. You know, everybody knows all those lines, right? You know, so they'll, they'll uh, call them out, uh, especially when we played in Memphis and, and many of the, uh, the theaters that, you know, showed the movie.
How close were you to being in Full Metal Jacket, Thor? Very close. In fact, I was in Full Metal Jacket. I signed the contract to uh, play uh, Thor. Uh, not, not sorry, not Full Metal Jacket, uh, ba- Adventures in Babysitting, right? Uh, but the uh, guy in Full Metal Jacket uh, who played Pyle uh, ended up getting the part, even though I signed the contract. So there was, I was very upset about that because uh, you know, I really wanted to be in Adventures in Babysitting. That would have been a, a one step up uh, from the B movies, right, and, and getting into the uh, A movie league. It was put on by uh, Touchstone Pictures. But I hear now that he's uh, on some kind of a, uh, a show uh, series right now on television. And Thor, winding up here with Thor playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You've done movies, but you've also done quite a few ads as well, like Chevy ads. Have you done any ads recently? How did those ads come about? What was the feedback to those ads as well? Because you're making a good living doing ads. Yes, I, I enjoyed that. I, I uh, was doing a, a Chroma radio ads, Chevy ads, and, 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 and of course the residuals were quite nice. Uh, uh, living in, you know, when I was living in both New York and Toronto at the time, uh, so uh, those were great. But I haven't had time to do that lately. I've been doing movies uh, and uh, also, you know, working on the new album, recording Into the Noise. The last movie I did was uh, called A Family Loss for a Lifetime Network. Uh, Dan Roebuck was in the movie. Uh, as well, and uh, we shot that in Winnipeg, um, and it was it was it was great. But uh, as far as ads go, I I, I have uh, a new agent right now, uh, principals, and so I'm going to be going out for uh, some more uh, auditions for ads, and and uh, hopefully I'll get some. Are there other Thors out there, Thor? How many other Thors are there out there? There's quite a few, aren't there? Have you been confused with any of the other Thors? Because also in your legacy, there was a Pantera as well. And of course, there's other Panteras out there. There's like Thors, there's Panteras, there's different comic books. What's your Thor? What's other people's Thors? What's other people's Panteras? Whose comic book is what? Well, there's only one Thor, as far as I'm concerned, and... uh... I'm Thor the Rock Warrior, and I've got it copyrighted and uh, under Thor the Rock Warrior. And, uh, you know, I, I was the first to, to use Thor in a rock band. There's also a band in Spain, and they just sort of stay in the Spanish area. They call themselves Thor. And uh, a few uh, musicians out of the Netherlands, you know, call Thor Svensson and Thor this, you know, like, like uh, because that's a common name in Sweden and the Netherlands. They call their uh, sons Thor. How about uh, Pantera? That was your co-associate for a while, right, Thor? Yes. Yeah, that that was, uh, that name was also used before the band Pantera. And how about the comic books? What do you have coming up for comic books? Do you have any comic books come up, or what comic books are out there? We, I I did a a series of comic books with Neil Adams years ago, uh, who drew Green Lantern and Superman. And as, as he's legendary. Also, Ken Langraf uh, out of New York, uh, and we had Thor the Rock Warrior. I then I used Th- uh, Thor the Rock Warrior for quite a while, and we toured actually comic book conventions when no bands did that in the early '80s. Uh, we toured uh, comic book conventions and played uh, a, a show, and then you know tried to uh, push our comic book and video at the time. Uh, and, and then uh, uh, later on, Mike Hoffman, uh, who is very famous 
uh, for his, uh, he's a, a fantasy artist, and many regard him as the, uh, you, know, you know, new great uh, fantasy, uh, uh, like a Frazetta type of guy, right? He's going to take over Frazetta. He did uh, Thor the Rock Warrior, and he collaborated with me on uh, uh, Thor versus the Beast Woman from the center of the earth. And that's where we put out a comic that went along with the CD. Well, Thor, thanks for phoning in to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Really appreciate it. Again, people can check you out tomorrow night, that Saturday, September 1st, at the Media Club with Darkest of the Hillside Thickets and ThorCentral.com, and it's MySpace slash Thor Rock Warrior. Right, Thor? Yes, and it's uh, put on by IMU Productions, and they're doing a great job, and we're going to have a... It's going to be fantastic, so I uh, want everybody to come by, and uh, we'll have a party. And right now, we're going to end with a clip from the Merv Griffin Show. What can you tell the people about this, Thor? This is a clip. It's a visual clip. We're going to play the audio of it, of you on the Merv Griffin <laughs> Show. You were hanging around Vegas at that time doing a nudie musical. Could you explain how a nude Thor, an almost nude Thor, ended up dancing and singing a sweet song on a Merv Griffin Show broadcast nationwide? Well, at the time, uh, I started in a show called uh, Red Hot and Blue. Uh, I, I was d- discovered for the show in Toronto, where uh, Merv Griffin saw the uh, band, uh, uh, the Imps, it was Thor and the Imps. Frank Soda was on guitar, and I would lift Frank Soda over my head and, and do all these things. So anyhow, uh, Joe Peterson, who was another producer in Las Vegas, said, hey, we've got to get this guy to star in Red Hot and Blue. I came down to... Uh, uh, Las Vegas and did the show at the Aladdin Hotel, Red Hot and Blue. Then uh, Mark Tan, who was involved, uh, uh, who was a big writer at the time, convinced Merv Griffin, who's, who's, who loved the show, to put me on live from Caesar's Palace. You know, uh, and Merv Griffin was a great guy. He was very, very uh, fatherly. He was, you know, very encouraging. You know, the, he said, "Hey, you're doing a great job. You know, you're, you're going to, you know, go places and." So I, uh, anyhow, I, st- I did the show at uh, Caesar's Palace, but they wouldn't allow uh, Frank Soda uh, and the Imps to back me up. And uh, we, our, our signature song at the time, we were going to release it as a single, as well as Action, uh, a, a song uh, first done by The Sweet. So I wanted to do Action on Merv Griffin, and uh, they wouldn't allow me to to have my own band, so I had to use the Mort Lindsay Orchestra. So uh, we had to make up song sheets for them to read and everything. And uh, So here I am, you know, this naive uh, kid, you know, wants to make it in show business. He, I go on there in my glitter outfit, because you know, glitter rock was popular at the time, and, and uh, I sing Action by the Suite, backed by the Mort Lindsay Orchestra. But that's not all that happens, though. Could you describe to people what they won't see? They can actually find this on the Internet if they'd like, but what won't they see if they're listening to it right now here, Thor? They won't see you? Well, they won't see me with my uh, silver cape and the crowd's response, which was amazing. And, of course, Merv Griffin introducing me, the Watermelon Mountain Jug Band, the Chinese Circus, Liberace, Foster Brooks, uh, it was just a, tr- uh, just a really fun... And you're bending uh, the steel as well and the hot water bottle, aren't you? Or is it just hot water bottle? What are you uh, doing uh, here? On that segment, I just did the hot water bottle. 
and I had an assistant who came out, handed out, handed me the hot water bottle, uh, and I blew it up and exploded it, and I did the King Kong stomp, which was another uh, special uh, sort of dance I did that no one else did. And, uh, in fact, I'm going to have a King Kong stomp contest. But, uh, you know, I always uh, remember the big break that Merv Griffin gave me at the time, and I'm very sad that he's passed away. And uh, it, was, it was something uh, of, a, of a very big break for you. It was sort of like uh, my Ed Sullivan, you know. I always admire when the Beatles went on and Ed Sullivan got national exposure. It was sort of my uh, national exposure at the time. And uh, because of that, my price went way up. And shortly thereafter, I signed with RCA Records. My whole life changed because of that one appearance on the Murray Griffin Show. And people's lives will change when they see you tomorrow night at the Media Club, Saturday, September 1st, Thor and the Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. Well, here we go. Thor on the Merv Griffin Show, 1976. Thank you again for phoning into the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show, Thor. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Well, I just want to say, Nardwar, thank you very much for all your support over the years. And you've really helped me in my, my comeback and re-comeback again. Well, keep on rocking in the free world, Thor. No problem. Keep on rocking in the free world times two. And doot, doot, a loot, do. Doot, doot. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most talked about acts on the strip. To perform his muscle rock, here is the strongman star of the Aladdin Hotel's Red Hot and Blue Show, Mr. John Thor. John? <laughs> So you think you'll take another piece of me To satisfy your intellectual need Well, you push me down and turn me around You always make me feel like a bloody clown
Ladies and gentlemen, I want to get psyched up right now. Because <laughs> I'm going to bring out the strength feed now. With a hot water bottle. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see here, we've got a five-year guaranteed hot water bottle. Now, I want to verify whether this is a real hot water bottle or not. Excuse me, please. You stretch that out, see if we can rip it in half or... Is that a real hot water bottle? Thank you very much. What I would like to do now is attempt to blow up this hot water bottle like it was a balloon till it explodes. My, please have my protective glasses so don't blow my eyeballs out. Thank you. I know what you're thinking. It's a crazy way to make a living, isn't it? But I bet you Donny Osmond can't do it. is a live presentation of CITR News.